when my team wins a big game, it's good. But when my team doesn't win the big game, you better look out, Buster. I'm a loose cannon. This is not good at all. Welcome back to Too Much Dip, ladies and gentlemen. My name is David, David Carter Ruff, if you're new here. I host this thing, and uh, normally we have three of us in studio, the three of us being me, Dylan, and KJ. KJ's at home, live from DeSoto, Texas, home of the Eagles. Hi, KJ. What is up? Coming live to you straight from the uh, room of my child. Uh, Above me, you'll see a sign that has a water-painted caterpillar on it. So uh, That's sick. We'll makeshift office for the day. I like it. I think you're ready to, to podcast at a high level. Um, we've got Dylan. Dylan is here, confirmed. I am here. Thank you, David. Um, I am always very happy to be here, despite how my teams do over the weekend. Uh, not today, Hal. You better look out, Buster. I don't, today, I'm not, I don't want to be here. You're a loose cannon. I don't want to be here, but I'm here. <laughs> you don't want to be around anymore. It's my job. I'm going to do well, it. Let me let me introduce somebody or something, an idea that might change your mind about that. Yo, We've got a special. <laughs> We've got special guest here. Yo, it's Michael Weiner. Hello, and welcome to Too Much Dip. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm just sautéed AF off on that super fantastic. This shit loud and booming. Shouts to my main man, the the phenom, Cole Campbell. Super fantastic. Sautéed. Okay, sautéed. I'm, I'm sautéed AF. He's the guy credit. He has some clever names for things. He, he's, he's referring to he coffee is. as super fantastic. You don't see that. I'm sipping on that super fantastic. Uh, in all seriousness, though, it's, it's great to be here. Uh, I, I reached out to Dave this week and said, David, I, I think that I should join you. There's a lot to talk about. And uh, indeed, there is a lot to talk about. I'm I'm pleased and honored to be sitting in KJ's chair today. I figured it was fitting. Um, once I caught wind of this, you know, I was like, you know what? I'll stay north of the Waco Dixon line just to make sure Mike has all the air in the room. The Waco Dixon line, he says. It's a new one. I like that. <laughs> Where does Mount Carmel uh, on that north or south of the line? Uh, yeah, you know, they're Missouri. How about that? Okay. Um. We got a big show, and look, despite the six or seven dip line calls that happened uh, late Saturday night that were all about one thing, one game in particular, all of which were very, very targeted toward one member of this pod, we're not going to hit the dip line today. But if you want to hit the dip... What's wrong with people wanting to... You want me to hit the... Do you want me to play it? Why are people piling on? Like, I'm not going through it already. For what? What are you talking about exactly? Are we on the same page? I might be... I'm talking about A&M losing. What are you talking about? Oh, are you, David? Yeah, because there's an A&M fan on the podcast. If you want to hit the dip line, Dylan, and everybody at home, 833-371-3477. hit shit, David. Maybe we'll play some good ones on Thursday. What is your pro? Why are you being such a hey, jerk? looks handsome. Look at him, man. Don't divert. You're being a jerk. Yeah, what's your deal? Am I? No, yeah. you're not. I'm being all right. You're just, you're just a little bit Look, I'm here, touchy. man. What's the biggest story in college football? Where do we begin? I mean, we've got a number of teams losing, A&M being one of them. Uh, Oklahoma goes down. Oklahoma man. goes down. 
Florida gives up 52 to Samford. Samford. 42 in the first half. Sheesh. Yikes. At home. Not, that's not good. Not good at all. Not good at all. Um, I don't know. KJ, your thoughts? I, I, I guess I'll, I'll defer to the guest here, the uh, J School uh, graduate. I don't know if it's actually the J School, the Mizzou graduate. Well, yes. Um, the, should, what's should actually, we, we refer to ourselves as the Missouri School of Journalism. It's actually outside of the framework of the rest of the university. Cool. That being said, you got to start in Austin. Okay, okay Austin, we, we Texas. Gotta, we have to start here. Yeah. Uh, Are you talking about, did you enroll at the new University of Austin? That uh, <laughs> It's a very niche reference. I'm sorry. No, not yet. Uh, <laughs> it's not, not for a while anyway. But anyway, um, Texas loses to Kansas at home. Oh, geez, I missed this. I don't this. know if you guys missed this. They did. Uh, a remarkable loss their fifth consecutive loss the first time since 1956 we can go through all the stats the once in september yeah i was a single man the last time they won a football game <laughs> i don't remember Sheesh. what i was doing in september it's been so long yeah it's it's not great here things are remarkably bad i i was watching the game i'll all in the interest of full disclosure i'm not a i would not consider myself a ut <laughs> fan but i have a lot of ut fans in my life I generally root for them. I don't Shout have anything against them. Shouts to Steve. Shouts to Dylan. Uh, shouts to Coach Bobby. I don't have any any beef with <laughs> with the University of Texas necessarily. I don't. Uh-huh. I you know I don't feel spurned by them. And I don't you have, hate Kansas. And I do hate Kansas. But I was watching this game, and Caitlin asked me, "How? What percentage of you are is rooting against Texas here?" And I said, "I don't know. It's much higher than zero, and like." I don't want Kansas to win, and I don't really want Texas to lose, but I love a train wreck. And this is the <laughs> Titanic smashing into it an is, iceberg. Yeah. This is this is bad. These are bad days. These are really bad times. Yeah. Uh, my take on this loss in particular. So, obviously, Texas was four and five before this game. Had lost four straight. Um. But if you look at the losses, I mean, I don't know how good Arkansas is really, but if you look at the losses, like they lost to decent teams. Baylor, pretty good. Oklahoma State, not bad. OU, obviously, they have one loss in the year. Uh, who else is there in there? Um, you just named three ranked top 20 teams. Exactly. Point being Iowa State in Iowa State. Iowa State. Okay. Point being. And like, all by less than a touchdown. Yes. The losses, um, while there were a lot of them, there were. Two, we're two good football teams. So it's like, okay, it's Sark's first year. Let's give him time to get his recruits in, get his system fully installed. Let's see how it goes after a few years, and then we'll judge the guy. This loss, after this one, it's almost like you don't come back from this loss. And I hate to discredit Kansas here, but that's a terrible, terrible football program. It's no really offense. bad. No offense. So this loss is so bad that it's like, okay, how can you recruit like quality athletes to this football team, right? How can you keep the decent athletes that are already on the on the team to not want to transfer away to better programs? This is the kind of loss that that really sets your program back even more than it already is set back, which is quite a bit to be honest. It's like is it like how does Sark make it beyond this year? I don't know. They go know. to West Virginia next week. They will not be favored in that game. They're, they're, Texas is, might not win another if game. If they lose out, their best player, yeah. Dijon is out for the year. 
uh, you know, just a reminder of how bad Kansas was. And if anybody watched the game, even though Kansas spent three, spent most of the game up three touchdowns, Texas was clearly better. The players were better. Yeah. Texas, of course, had 52 players who were four stars or higher. Kansas has one. Yeah. Like the disparity was jarring. And to just see, and Kansas did not play a perfect game. Like they down the stretch, they were trying to give the game away. They were doing weird things. Yeah. They were so bad at celebrating that the coach ran out on the field after they got the two point conversion that won the game, trying to get his players off because he thought that it that it tied it or something. It was just so bizarre that yeah. the guy who caught the touch the two point conversion jumped up and banged his knee. Uh, I mean, by the way, that kid had never played a snap on offense before Saturday. Dude, what the, ten, the video of his parents seeing yeah. it from the other side of the stadium was sick. We're 10 games into the Sark tenure, and already it's like, has this two completely lost his program? Like, we have players that are recording their coaches, you know, ripping into them on the bus. He was asked after the game if his, if his players have tuned him out. His answer was, I don't know. You have to ask them. This is his first year, and it's like, this guy's already lost the program. It's just, it's, it's very disheartening. You forgot about fan. the monkey. The, mo- the monkey episode, which is just funnier more than anything i think they have not won since the monkey that's true um, the funniest they thing won since a lot of things have happened the funniest thing is kansas fans inside that building chanting sec i almost fell out of my chair when i heard <laughs> yeah. that and then my favorite tweet was someone calling kansas the bowl assassin which is just funny okay. that's that's a that's a tough one tough way to yeah, go the what the bowl assassin oh like As in assassin, Texas chances to, to make correct. a bowl game. Yes. Okay. They, are not being, they will not be bowl eligible. Uh, what a just it's, an absolute disaster of a season. I don't know how long Sarkeesian's uh, contract is. I think it's like a seven-year deal. This is this is bad. It's bad. I've never seen anything like this, and I've been here. I mean, Texas uh, Texas will buy out your contract. They, they proved that. I mean, I don't know if one year is enough. Um, you can't. If you're Texas, you just don't come back from this. You cannot you really give him one year. You've already had he's lost five in a row, including Kansas at home. It's his first year, and you've had such chaos at the co- at, at coach, like dating back to you know, but pretty much since Mac Brown. Um, I miss Mac Brown so much. Sure, like and, I wanted him gone at the time, and now looking back, it's look, like wow, I miss I miss those those eight and four years. Looking back at Tom Herman. As much as I love to rip Tom Herman, just because I kind of thought he was a douche, uh, the games he did lose, he was competitive in, and he did not lose to Kansas. No, he did not. Charlie and Strong did, but he won three bowl games road. in three seasons, or yeah. two bowl games anyway. I don't know if they played in one last year. I forget. But here's the problem. Herman was just sort of generally a douche. Thank you. Uh, I, I think that was kind <laughs> of the, the feeling. But... It's one thing when you pay $24 million to buy out a coach if you're going to go get a slam dunk hire. And I hate to dunk on on Longhorn fans with this, but like when the Aggies brought in Jimbo Fisher, that's a slam dunk. Let's let's bring in a guy who's won a national championship. He'll fit in this culture. No one in this town was like doing backflips when they were like, Steve Sarkeesian. So there wasn't hype, and he's not exactly – he's not a douche – but he's not like <laughs> the kind of guy who's going to get the fan base fired up. He's never said anything interesting. He's not a big splash hire. He's not, he's, the, he's not like an Urban Meyer, the kind of guy who's proved that he can go into a program and turn it around like pretty much year one. Right. He's shown no and, – and and he's known as being this offensive genius, And but they haven't 
done it on the field. So he can't point at that, and he can't say that he's like, it's just, it's it feels like rock bottom, and it feels like they're going to get beat next week. And I don't know what that's going to feel like. DeSoto, Texas, you're on too much dip. What say you? Uh, I appreciate it. I, I, I feel like with Sark, he's not gone after the first year. I guess let me frame this as someone who's very familiar with what it's like to enjoy a losing program and or a losing team. Uh, we look back a month and a half ago and look at the shit show that was happening in Jacksonville and you just kind of had to, you know, continue to eat that shit cereal and just one spoonful after another and fans will dunk on you left and right. They laugh at you left and right. And all it took was a trip across the pond, a win over a shitty team, a bye week, an embarrassment in Seattle. And then you get your second win over the best team in the NFL at the time. I forgot this was a Jaguars podcast. Exactly. I'm sorry, continue. So, uh, and then, you know, even yesterday against the Colts, they lose the game, but then they play the kind of game that you'd expect them to have, like, the entire year. Close, competitive score-wise, you know, took a couple big plays, and then they lose. That's all you can ask out of Texas in year one. Jimbo Fisher, I just had to look it up. I guess he was, what, eight and four year one? Like, uh, that's a decent uh, nine and four. He won his bowl game. Eight and four, then nine and four won the bowl game. So they lost a bunch of games in the SEC, but that's what you'd be asking for of Sarkeesian. And I think you had it even with last night considered. I think that last night was an anomaly, or not last night, Saturday was an anomaly. And had that loss happened week one of the Big 12 and it been the first of your four or five losses, I don't think people would have been losing their shit over it. Like, just flip the games. Like, we're taking it in the context of you've got the Bo Davis video last week. You've got the monkey bite incident, but nobody was asking for Sark's head after four straight. So all of a sudden it's the fifth. Like, I know Lance Leopold and the program that they've got going at Kansas is like, the only way you can go is up, but it's, 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 you're not there yet. Um, the, the players who were recording it, if you tell me it was B. John Robinson who recorded that video and then he's out for injury. Okay. Yeah. You've lost the room. Uh, but Texas has 110 players or some odd on the roster. You're going to have idiots who shouldn't have been there in the first place. So uh, uh, I, I think that this coaching out. staff is rooting for the transfer portal to blow up and just move half these guys out of there. I, and bring in half. That might be a good thing. But I mean, you can I would not be surprised even without transfers. I just like, worry ooh. about this staff's ability to recruit quality players to this program considering how things are right now. That is an unknown. So they're going to have to turn the program around with lesser talent moving forward than what, you know, lesser by Texas standards, I sh- I guess I should say. Yeah. You know, and that that's what's concerning. They're going to have to I don't know. It's, it's a it's a culture problem that Everybody throws out like the country club thing. They've thrown it out there forever um, since the Mac days. Um, Cowboys, they've had that that too. Um, but maybe it's not the worst thing if they have to start getting the hung the guys who aren't as highly recruited, the three stars, you know, and come in there get some dogs in the program. Because um, right now, I mean that that first half, I was like, oh, this is a team. Like first quarter, this is a team that's quit. Yeah, like they they don't care. The effort was weak. There were guys giving up on routes. Like it, not everything tackling. that could be wrong. Oh, the tackling was terrible. Um, everything that went wrong really went wrong. And and it's hard. It's hard to understate how bad Kansas is as a program. Yeah. Yeah. Like this. This. I mean, this <laughs> is. Coach, this isn't five not, in a row. This is. This is Kansas years. at home. 
I understand and I agree. Like Kansas is not good. They're like what one fifteenth out of one thirty or something. They're tr- they're trash. Kansas is also- is essentially just a symbol for the worst you can possibly be at football, and that's who they lost to at home. Eh, it's Texas not State. UMass in the Samford score. I think is more embarrassing yeah. than what happened to Texas on the field wise. Not having your team ready to go mm-hmm. is a problem. At the end of the game, I will still say the players that were on the field at the end of the game and going into overtime defensively and offensively. That didn't look like a team that had given up or quit. You're it right. Like I, I agree with that. The turnovers were, and there were, what, four or five turnovers, I think, were all the fault of the quarterback. I mean, it was an interception, some weird just, like, fumbles on sacks. I don't – I don't. I'm not ready to say the team completely quit uh, on the staff. Um, but, my God, <laughs> it's Kansas at home. The last Xavier interception, do you feel that upset about, about that one? Like, that wasn't like a terrible read. It just was like he, you know, he's playing with a broken finger or whatever. It yeah. just, he missed the pass by a little bit. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we have anything else on Texas, Kansas, yeah. but. Uh, I just, I hope that Xavier Worthy is wearing a Texas uniform next year. He's like the, the lone bright spot on the year for me. That dude sure. is so much fun to watch. Freshman receiver who's just absolutely putting up numbers and he has a very big future ahead of him, I think, and I just want him to be a Longhorn moving forward. He seems all in. That guy was playing hurt. I think that he's dude's all legit. In. Uh, the elsewhere, best thing that will happen is that they don't have a playoff game or a bowl game, and they can ride under the radar and go recruit. They don't need anybody rehashing their season on TV all all winter. That's Fair. a good thing they don't have a network to talk about them all the time. <laughs> well, the good, the good thing about that is that no one watches it. That's so. true. That's true. All right, let's keep pushing. Elsewhere in the Big Twelve. Did you see what happened on 35 up up near Waco Way? Oh yeah. The Sooners, the the number 8 undefeated Sooners go down there. And uh, this game did not go as I thought. I thought this would and Dylan you shared this sentiment. I thought this would be a Baylor gets up early, maybe a couple scores, but at the end OU goes OU and they win the game. Uh both teams had chances. Baylor had a number of chances to put points up early, didn't went for it, you know, didn't get it, whatever. And I was like, man, they're going to regret that. Um, Baylor ends up upsetting OU um, behind the pretty much the legs of Gary Bohannon. Um, he had a bad interception early, and then they kind of realized that, oh, this this dude can run. This dude is excellent in the uh, open field, and uh, that was cool. And uh, we had a, we had a, we had mad coaches, big mad coaches at the end. We had Lincoln Riley being upset, being a little upset with everything. Why exactly was he upset? So the fans, fans, the fans rushed the field with when, one second left, and I don't think it, it was wasn't completely their fault because I think there was some some issue with the clock maybe. But no, it mm. was their fault. The, the shot clock had like one less second, one fewer second on it than the game clock. They just assumed, that, okay, well the game's essentially it's over, but, but it's not technically over. Let's just rush the field. Did Baylor also out. like fail to take a knee properly? They had to call timeouts at the end. No, no, and, no, 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 no. They they intentionally called the timeout. Oh, okay. Baylor calls a timeout, confusing. and uh, this is after they get the fans back. Lincoln Riley's giving it to the to the judge, the field judge. Um, I don't really know what he was saying. I think he was mad there wasn't a, a unsportsmanlike on Baylor, which, <laughs> like at that point, like dude, you think fifty thousand people on the field is worthy of a fifteen yard penalty? I mean, it seems unsportsmanlike uh, to me. It, it, it definitely was, but the, uh, what's his end game? He just looks he just looks mad. He which looks he, like a turd. Which he absolutely was. And then um, he did not like that Dave Aranda elected to kick a field goal. Uh-huh. 
Um, and he he said as much. He said, "I get it. I get why he did it." And Aranda said he did it because this is accurate. Big Twelve. When it comes down to the Big Twelve championship, it comes down if there's a tie to point differential, and. You know, Baylor was up 10. They could go win by 13. So they kicked the field goal. And there is probably going to be some teams tied. There's like four teams, I think, right there. Um, but Lincoln Riley didn't like it. He said it was against the code of sportsmanship. You know, the stuff that makes you kind of eye roll, do this number with your hand. Like, okay, guy, you're just mad because your team wasn't that good. Did an air jerk motion there. For air those, jerk. For those are, who are not watching. Are we sure Oklahoma is good? Because before... Well, they lost this week, but their best win on the season was a Texas team that just lost to Kansas at home. I, I'm not sure Oklahoma's good. And Lincoln Riley, he never loses. I, they had won 18 straight games or they something. They win the Big 12 every year. But let me, let me talk like about he, he should be a little bit better when they lose one game. Let me talk about their fan base real quick. Yeah. <laughs> the most <laughs> spoiled fan base when it comes to quarterback play. I've ever seen, and I get it. They've had an incredible run of like Heisman-winning, incredible quarterbacks go through that program. But they call for Spencer Rattler, Rattler to be replaced, and then Caleb Williams struggles in one game as a freshman, and they want Rattler back in. And he, they got Rattler. And now, they got Rattler. A lot of that – now, what's his name? Williams, right? Casey Williams. C- Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams, excuse me. Uh, got his hand stepped on. Um, I don't know how much that affected him. You'd have to think a lot. But he came back in, and then you did get some Rattler, and – Problem was, De- Baylor's defense is very good. They get to the quarterback, and Spencer Rattler's not that dude. Um, no. And he he didn't do anything. So, um, yeah, Lincoln Riley, I saw some stat that his record after a bye week is very, very, very below average. Hmm. Not good after, like, and if you tie in the bowl games and not having played for a week or something, like, it's, it's not good at all. I don't know if there's anything to that. But I guess – this is pretty good for the committee because they had OU at eight. That's the highest they've been. It it felt outrageous to me that Oklahoma. Now I know one man ago I just said I'm not sure Oklahoma's any good, but like, how is a team that won 18 straight games ranked eighth in a in a power conference still? And it's not like it was Fresno. It was OU, a team that right. they want you know in there. I it, it was bizarre to me, but yeah. So that that's that's a big one for the uh, committee. One less thing to worry about. Uh, what about the fact that uh, Oklahoma's head coach spent most of the week in Baton Rouge? Have we gotten <laughs> – we addressed we, that? <laughs> he was definitely there. Because it is hilarious. We tracked the flight, sir. Yes. Someone he, he missed took, a press took conference a PJ. in Norman. Mysterious PJ flying to Baton Rouge from Norman. I don't know. I just find it hilarious. I it work is. with some guys who are LSU fans, and they're just like, yeah, it's either going to be him or Dabo. And I'm like, okay. it's no, or maybe, uh, maybe Jimbo. uh, Jimbo's going to leave. Yeah, Jimbo's going to just, he's going like, to leave wh- the program that he's got. What are talking about? Oh, my God. I want to talk about a fan base with, with uh, unbelievable expectations. No, it's probably going to be, so. after this week, uh, Aranda's going to be pretty high on the LSU and USC list. He's a California guy, obviously has the national championship as the DC at LSU. Um, that being said, Good win for Baylor. Nice uh, bouncing back after just a terrible loss at TCU. Baylor's Sick pretty em. solid. Baylor's good. That uh, Petrie, that linebacker's really, really good. He'll, I think he'll be a first-rounder. Wow. Yeah. That's what Joel Klatt said. Very cool. Uh, what else? Hey, shout-out Texas Tech. Mm, yeah. KJ. Yeah, shout-out to Texas Tech for picking up a win over um, Iowa State at home. That's 60, big for them. 62 um, yards. 
I, I feel like Sonny Cumbie uh, is, is doing his best to continue uh, auditioning for the TCU job. I can't wait for him to be the Sonny that gets that job. That's all I'm asking for. That's all I'm hoping for. So, uh, wait, yeah. can can I talk? Can I ask you something as our, our TCU expert here? Uh, basically, the person who hates them the most. Exactly. What about prime time to TCU? Because <laughs> that's the what the message boards are saying, and it is the most hilarious possible outcome. It is so insane. Like, I get it. He's from, or not from, he, he's based in Dallas for, you know, roughly the Prosper. same Metroplex area. But, like, it would make as much sense for, you know, uh, Deion Sanders to be the head coach at Baylor as it would for him to be the head coach and dealing with Fort Worth and Parker County boosters. Like, that's not happening at all. I, I don't see that in the slightest. Uh, that's just not happening. Um, I was all amped up and ready to talk about what Georgia and Alabama did this weekend, uh, and then Florida stole the headlines for my beloved SEC. Shout out to them for clawing back against Samford. Um, RIP to the Bo Nix era at Auburn. Blummer. You know, they lose to Mississippi State. Bo Nix goes out with an injured ankle, likely out for the rest of the year. And then the Aggies lose. Sheesh. Hotty toddy. Micah, as you would say to strangers. That's right. <laughs> uh, Where do we stand on, on Lane Kiffin just at this point in his career? I don't want to spend too long on it, but he was on one of the morning shows. I guess they were in Oxford. Yeah. Like, are we pro Lane Kiffin? Has his like doucheness and terrible tenure, like with the Raiders in Tennessee, like did he turn it all around via Twitter? Basically, he has become um, he's become a, become a lovable douche, which is a which is it's not easy to do. He's got enough self awareness. Correct. That is the key. Self-aware douchiness is not a bit, not the worst. We we can right. name some self aware douchebags we're friends with, and we might even be them. I'll, I will say that maybe I am. He he never did anything in his past, I, unless I'm uh, not aware, that was so egregious where it's like, oh, this guy shouldn't be coaching kids, right? Like, there was rumors That's about true. him. There's there's no actual scandals in his in his past. Alleged hookups, but, not you know, nothing yeah. proven. We don't want to get too message board heavy in here. But, um, he you know, and look, I, I thought when, when Saban fired him on the, on the tarmac or whatever, if that really happened, um... I didn't know if there's any coming back from that, but he's having quite the quite the second second life here. He's one of these guys who I'll get up in my ivory tower for a moment. If he was the public face of my university, I would feel unease uh, yeah. uneasy about it. But he's probably a pretty good football coach, and if you're the state of Mississippi, you'll take it. He's it's he's true. good for them until he <laughs> steps somewhere else. I mean, the state of Mississippi has shown. Uh, and no offense to the the people there, uh, but those those universities will do whatever it takes to win. They do not care about reputation. No, Mississippi State hired Jackie Sherrill for God's sake. <laughs> like, it, cheat, be a weirdo, be a cheater, have a weird history. It doesn't matter. Just come back and win. I would say uh, nothing would probably uh, crystallize that point more than the fact that. I don't know. We're about six months removed from like the University of Mississippi and Mississippi State University, like advocating for them to take the rebel flag off of the state flag so that they don't piss off the recruits. Like they only care about winning the football games. They're like, okay, well, okay, we'll finally take down the Confederate flag uh, off the state flag. The end justified the means. Wanted it. 
Uh, one other thing on the Aggies, their backup quarterback isn't very good. He looks no. like a backup quarterback. I know that they beat Alabama with that guy, but they, they're just, he's not very good. Uh, they're beatable with, with that dude in there and they got beat. It's scary to think what a team like that would have done with like Matt Corral or just an actual, yeah, I mean, th- their defense is as good as anybody I've seen this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with the, with pedestrian quarterback play, they're just, they're an average. Well, they're an above average team, but they're an average sec West team. When's the last time A&M had a quarterback that was worth talking about? Cause I, I think back to when they Kyler Murray was an Aggie. Obviously, yeah. he did not end up an Aggie, but I'm trying to think who like the last the last Tannehill, Tannehill Manziel. Oh, yeah, Manziel, Johnny obviously the answer. Yeah, but Tana, Tannehill was fine, but it wasn't like um I don't know. I mean, Tannehill wasn't was he really? He spent what a year as quarterback there? Yeah, because he was yeah. a receiver his first yeah, two years. That's yeah, the same. He's yeah. receiver most of the time. Um, I also have not seen an update on Jordan Davis, defensive lineman out at Georgia's leg injury or lower body injury because that's news to watch. They had a good game against Tennessee. Tennessee, similar to a lot of mid-range, big big league teams out there, it's just not there. Uh, they tried to keep up with Georgia, and Georgia just cooked them. So there's my SEC report. Hey, shout out Michigan. Uh, we thought we had another catastrophic Michigan moment. Um, we had to wait till Sunday to watch the Lions for that. Okay. They, look, they didn't, they didn't lose. They didn't lose. They, but, we'll get to them, but they're a tough watch. I, I think it was a I, – Fumble intercept, just a bad, ill, ill-timed turnover for Michigan, and uh, ended up bouncing back, getting that dub. That's a good win for them. They're still, uh, they're still right there. So I don't know anything else in college football you want to uh, opine on. It's been a weird year. I, I know I haven't been here, but my general feeling on college football so far is it's strange. This is not as bizarre as like 2005, but it's pretty close. There's a lot of strange things. Uh, I mean, Georgia looks like the super team in my mind, and Alabama doesn't look to be Alabama. Clemson's nowhere to be found. It's uh, Oklahoma now has a loss. We're shaking things up a little bit, which makes it more interesting, really. So I, I'm I'm rooting for chaos. Um, I will say, early in the season, after Oklahoma State beat Baylor, I was not sold on Okie State. I was like, th- their offense is just not good. Um, I don't think they're that good of a team. And now I'm now I saw what they did to TCU and granted TCU is not having a great year, but Chad Morris's kid. They see, they seem like they're having uh, some more success on offense, and they're they're kind of a weapon, and I fully expect them to uh, win Bedlam and probably be left out of the conversation, uh, top four. But I mean that that would include them beating Oklahoma, even though Oklahoma won't be that high, and then beating Baylor or Oklahoma. So they'll they'll have a place at the table when they're twelve and one. That's fair. That's a good point. Okay. Well, that's a wrap on college football. Wow, Dylan, you don't want to run it back. We got through it. Okay, we got through it, and uh, you know we can move on. Can we talk about our good friends at ExpressVPN? Yes, we can. Look, you've heard us talk about how important it is to have a VPN to protect your online privacy, but choosing a VPN you trust is equally as important. Now. I like to do research on my sponsors, and I can only recommend brands to my listeners that I believe in. I think I'm speaking for everybody here. We can say with full confidence that ExpressVPN is the best VPN on the market. Here's why. They don't log your online activity. That's very big. Lots of cheap or free VPNs make money by selling your data to advertisers. Not ExpressVPN. They do not do this. They even developed a technology, trusted server, 
that makes their VPN servers incapable of storing any data at all. Also, speed, that's huge. ExpressVPN now uses Lightway, a new VPN protocol they engineered to make user speeds faster than ever. Remember when Randy tripled our upload speed or quadrupled it? Quadrupled it. Imagine that, but it's VPN. They're always blazing fast, and they let you stream videos in HD quality with zero buffering. The last thing that really sets ExpressVPN apart is how easy it is to use. You don't need any technical skills to get set up. Just fire up the app and tap one button to connect. That's it. Even your grandparents could do it. Yeah, that's right. Grandparents catching strays out here. It's not just me saying it. CNET, The Verge, many other tech journalists rate ExpressVPN the number one VPN in the world. So protect yourself with the VPN that I use and trust. Use my link, expressvpn.com slash bang. That's expressvpn.com slash bang today. And get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash bang. Check it out. To the NFL. Fun day in the NFL, huh? <laughs> it was a better than Saturday, I would imagine, for most. I needed it. You did. I needed it. You my, did. My boys are back. Back. I mean, I think Mike McCarthy's just really proven himself to be one of the elite coaches, KJ. Hey, happy for Dan Quinn. Shout Shut out Dan Quinn. Former team who tossed him aside. You know? Yeah. Falcons. Did you guys make a 28-3 joke at any point yesterday? Was that the score at one point? That was the uh, – I don't know if it ever actually got to 20. Yeah, it did. Auburn uh, was up 28-3 and lost yesterday. Where's <laughs> leading Saturday. sports? Yeah. But they did it with a quarterback getting hurt toward the end of it. But the Falcons um, are trash, though. Let's get serious. Nothing, uh, nothing really solidifies the Cowboys establishing that they're back like a win over the Falcons. A 4-4 four and four team at the time. Okay. Uh, yes, I agree. Yeah, four and four team. I, uh, they, they beat the Dolphins for one of those four. Um, you don't get any cred for 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 keeping a team out of the end zone, blowing a team defense, out. Their defensive, uh, like the play by play in their chart yesterday, was like three and out, three and out, three and out. Turnover, halftime, turnover, turnover. It was. They, I don't think the Falcons had a first down gained by yardage and not by penalties um, throughout the game. If they did, they might have won. Or two. Uh, I know Cordell Patterson had a big run early, maybe after the first drive. The first drive was was legit. I was a little worried. I thought it was going to be a shootout. I was all over the over. Didn't really work out for me. That's okay. Shout out, Brick. Yeah, the only thing I can appreciate about the Falcons to like say, hey, it was a quality day, is the fact that, hey, the Cowboys legitimately have a defense that's worth paying attention to. But what the what the Falcons have done with Cordell Patterson's career, bringing him back from being like speed wide receiver out of college to kickoff return specialist to still just, uh, you know, just something. The Patriots tried him at running back, didn't really stick. The Browns, I believe, tried as well. Or no, the Bears did. And the Falcons have basically said, you're our number one. Not necessarily by choice, but they've done it. You know, for whatever that's worth, good on them for that. Uh, but I think it's nice if you're the Cowboys to put up 40 and to make people forget about the Broncos game. You know, there you have it. Mike, I'm going to let you opine as I make a bathroom run. Okay. Uh, I don't really have many thoughts. I I don't think Atlanta's good. Cowboys played great. Defense looks great. The offense was clicking. It was a good win. It proves nothing. And uh, they, I mean, the, the good news for the Cowboys is they have a stranglehold on that division. They're up like five games. Um, 
So they don't have to worry about that. And now it's kind of racing for that number one seed, which is a place you want to be, what, 10, 11 weeks in. So they do deserve some credit uh, yeah. for there. Uh, there were some better games, though, yesterday. Oh, but there were other boat races, but there were some other good games. I think the highlight uh, is Cam Newton returning, scoring on his first two plays uh, yeah, back I, as the I, Carolina Panther. I was excited to see that. I agree with you on some of the other boat races. The fact that the Cowboys put up 43 and they were one of four games with 40-plus points scored yesterday is uh, pretty wild to see, including the freaking Patriots. Uh, but, yeah, Cam Newton... I, I guess the game plan going into it is that he was going to play sparingly. Hell, he just signed what Wednesday or Thursday? Three days or prior, yeah. It was the cam package. <laughs> well, they used it very efficiently and effectively. So uh happy for Cam. Still don't think he has much of a uh is a long term um starting job anywhere in the near future, but glad to see him back as a Panther and uh Doing well in his first game back, you know. There's nothing I love more than a 15 yard penalty after uh, scoring a <laughs> touchdown, though. And uh, and back. truthfully, 1,000 percent deserved. You can't take your helmet off on the field. You haven't been able to do that since 1996. Like Cam, get to the sideline and find the camera. I found that, I mean, hilarious mostly. But the uh, camera was going to follow you to the sideline. That's right. Like as soon as you walk through the back of the end zone and walk off the side of the end zone towards the sideline, like. He could have done that the whole way and untucked a cape and everything, and nobody would have cared. <laughs> I mean, do we have to throw the flag? No. But was it a, a flagrant violation of the rule? Yes, it was. Um, I'll add this. I think the plan for Matt Rule or rumors have said that he's going to start next week, and they're going to treat the remainder of the year for an audition for him to be there for next year. And he can make up to 10 mil this year. Between him and Adrian Peterson coming back and playing like on three or four days actual notice, and being like productive, you know, there are a lot of free agents who come off the street and do that. But to be at that high level and to play and to contribute at that high of a level, uh, your first week back on offense, like shouts to those guys for being absolute professionals. There is something to be said for those two guys specifically being two of the freakiest athletes the NFL has ever seen. Yep. There aren't a whole lot of guys that come off the street and do that. Uh, and those guys both did it. Not at those ages, for sure. Um, the Chiefs are also back. Yeah, as scary as we uh, await a, a trip to Arrowhead next week mm. on Sunday. Really? I believe so, right? Is that Sunday boys? night? It's got to be a Sunday Ooh, night. Sunday night. Yeah, it looks like they found it. I Maybe. thought I was all over the Raiders on that. Give me I, more than just a one-game uh, sample size. Sure. But, uh, they looked very strong. Five. The defense has been good the last three weeks for the Chiefs, um, and they've got some players there. But I, I you know, who knows? I, I'm still not sold on them yet. the The Raiders are are a dumpster fire for a million reasons. I know their their record is still pretty strong, but that fr that franchise is this is upheaval. I did have some friends at the game yesterday. They said that that stadium is quote badass mm. and uh, had a lot of fun in Vegas, which is which is nice. I'd like I do to go there. see that for sure. What do we think that line is in Kansas City? Um, Kansas by two, I'm seeing, and it is a 3.30 game. It's an afternoon game on Fox, so you'll get Troy. Mm -hmm. We'll not have to deal with Romo. That's for the best. That is absolutely is for it? the best. I'm still Team Romo. I am too. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm Buck over Nance for football. Then I'll give you that. I'm definitely Buck over Nance in football. So. Uh, 
Speaking of Buck, did you guys, while I was gone, did y'all talk Buccaneers? We did not. Wow. What a... I'm a professional, man. This, this... I snuck that in last minute, so if we skipped over it, it's because it wasn't initially on the rundown. But we got we to gotta talk about the 10-point loss to the Washington football team. Yeah, hey, shout out to the team in Washington. That was, that was the defensive effort that you've kind of been looking for from them all year. Well, and, and at the end of the game, they went on a 10-and-a-half-minute drive to win the, the yes. game. Like, it was the yes. longest drive all season? It was a very, very impressive drive. That, the best way to beat Tom Brady is just to keep him on the sideline for 10-and-a-half minutes, and they scored a touchdown on fourth down. It was uh, impressive. Was that Heineke? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was Heineke. Oh, look at that, man. Heineke's yeah. back. He took NFC it to, showed out. The GOAT, man. He, he almost beat Tom Brady in the playoffs last year. Heine is but, um, Heine's a monster. Not that the Broncos are, you know, all that great. Who have they beaten? But uh, okay. Jalen Hurts ran all over their ass at, at home, or I guess in Denver, I should say. Um, and the the Eagles are the second best rushing team in the NFL. They didn't, you know, I bitched and bitched and bitched about this when they played the Cowboys because they ran the ball with the running back by called run, running plays two or three times in that game. You know, and I complained about it the week prior to that when Clemson played Georgia, that they only attempted two running back rushes. So the fact that they're leading the league in rushing um, in like 600 yards over the last like four games or something crazy, that's something I would, uh, you know, maybe walk back from being a guaranteed dub if they can do that against the Cowboys. Got to deal with Micah Parsons. That's all I'm saying. He makes me not... He makes me um, – he's good enough to where I don't fear any mobile quarterback because he's got the speed. Second favorite Micah, Dave. for sure. The guy's got so the juice. fun to watch. Uh, speaking of fun to watch, as just as I'm about to hop back on the, the Baker bandwagon, I'm all back in on the Browns. Uh, they just got demolished. They got absolutely smoked yesterday. And he's out again. He's out again. That That – man, that's a tough scene. You got OBJ going to the Rams probably. I mean, that is – I don't know if you're if you're if you're in Cleveland if you're a Browns fan that's that's really defeating because you knew Baker was hurt. Is it the same shoulder that's hurt, or what? Uh, what he, I didn't sure. even see what he did yesterday, but he tried to come back in the game and they the coach would not allow it. Basically, I was told it was up to him. That's what he told us. Man, the oh. Patriots have something cooking. They really do. That that's going to be that team is going to be a problem moving forward. I think. Yeah, Mac I, Jones is. I diminished Mac Jones. He looks very comfortable in that role already. This early yeah. on. It's pretty impressive. I just never want to hear about the Browns ever again. I don't either. I, uh, I mean, uh, too much hype. They've got I mean, some... they, they, they built a team that was built to succeed. Like, they did, I, I would say, quote-unquote, the right way. Like, they put a lot of stock into their O-line, D-line, and then they, you know, added some flashy receivers and players around that. But they spent a lot of draft picks on defense and a lot of equity elsewhere, every, everywhere else after they thought that they hit – on Nick Chubb and Baker Mayfield, and it's falling apart. I don't want to say shout out here. I guess I would say uh, maybe shout out to the family of Robert Woods, who tears his ACL in practice last week. You know, we Oof. all thought OBJ would be the third best option, and now it's like, shit, you really lucked out by bringing in OBJ to partner with Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson. Is it insane to think that they were they are a better team with Robert Woods over OBJ? Like right no, now, no, they definitely are. I think I think you take Robert Wood, like Robert Woods is if anybody's 
had him on their fantasy team knows. You guys familiar with fantasy football? I do. I do play it. Yeah. You know that dude's putting up numbers and is perfect for their system. I don't know what OBJ. He does not offer the same stuff that Robert Woods orders, and I may end up that may, may end up coming back to haunt me. But you're just upset what happened between Cleveland and the Cowboys like a year or two ago. Anyhow, let's let's uh, uh, let's before party. we move on. Can we talk about the Lions game? Oh yes, the Lions point. and Steelers tie at sixteen, and this was just. A, a a a bad rock fight. Did that dude ch- uh, chunk a, a field goal? The Lions kicker. Oh, he missed two field goals. He had uh, one, one that was about twenty yards short. Brutal. It's like he it kicked like the he, ground first. It looked like he was kicking a brick. <laughs> Like what, just, what was wrong with that it ball? Didn't come off his foot at all. It was very strange. And I mean, congratulations to them as they broke their eight-game losing streak. But like the <laughs> the Lions are just a tough watch, man. And I yeah. saw a stat that that uh, Jared Goff is o fifteen and one as a starter when when McVeigh is not his he- is not his head coach. Like it, it, this is an ugly scene. Remember when that dude played in the Super Bowl like three years ago or something? <laughs> what the hell? Uh, that Steelers team with Mason Rudolph is is unwatchable. Yuck. Yeah, it was just ugly. That I just yeah. wanted to make fun of those. I, I feel bad for Will DeFreeze. Am I crazy? Like, I know Mason Rudolph, he's had to fill in a number of times over the last few years. Has he ever been that good to where he is still, like, they're going with him every year as the backup? No. And did, um, there, aren't, there aren't that many. They, they had that Duck guy one time, remember? And Duck Hodges, like, he got hot for a couple games. And yet, here we are with Mason Rudolph again. I was Doug wondering Hodges. the same thing. There are like Evan 10 Hodges. good backup quarterbacks in the league. I mean, it's, it's hard to find a guy for that role. I know. You can, it's like, just, plug it, you can plug it's it in. That's why and, like, get Colt McCoy and Chipotle Chase Daniel are still employed. Colt McCoy back down to earth yesterday. Yeah, not, not great. A, not a good day. Not a good, not good. Not a good weekend for the Longhorns, turns out. Why? Oh, the basketball team. Yeah, they lost to Gonzaga. They took it to yeah, Gonzaga's, Gonzaga's good. Dude, I had, I had to go from Steve watching. for the sports party. I had to go from watching Texas lose to Kansas at home. I flipped over to the Gonzaga game, and, and Drew Timmy's doing his mustache celebration. I'm like, this oh, is, another, I'm, I'm just going to kill myself right another now. Another <laughs> douchebag with a mustache. That guy's obnoxious. You hear about this guy, Micah? I, I, I'm familiar, yeah. It was uh, – they were boat raced. That game, the UT game, like the football t- game, this took like fault. four and a half hours. Hit the button. Hey, we're partying. I don't care what you guys do. You guys – I'm done with the NFL – and by the time it ended, Texas was already boat raced in basketball. Okay, but you know, there's there's no shame in that. Gonzaga is is a powerhouse and and a program that knows what they're doing. And Texas is still a collection of transfers. They'll take some time. I, I there's no reason to think they can't compete with that team come December or January. But right now, there's no competition. For the folks at home, we're partying right now, and you didn't even know it. Did Cristo Conte just get fired? Because unless Brett just just sent us a super misleading text message. He said Del Conte out. Oh, he's just an opinion. Damn it, Brett. Oh, cut, Brett. <laughs> We're Brett. recording a sports podcast. <laughs> Fake news, Brett. This is supposed to be okay. a party. Um, this is the segment in which we party. party here. Uh, we had F1 to talk about. Absolute uh, bonkers race, if you will, down in Sao Paulo. Uh, because of some technical issues during uh, qualifying, Lewis Hamilton... 100 uh, titles, 100 Grand Prix wins, I should say. Uh, started in eighth. No, he started in 10th place. And shortly cut that down to fifth place, like after the first few laps. Um, and then it wasn't until, I want to say, lap 41 or 48. 
He finally got into second and tried to overtake Verstappen. Verstappen held him off. Took him another 10 laps and two other attempts to finally pass him and end up winning. Uh, one of those pass attempts, uh, Verstappen, I won't say ran him off the road. We'll let the uh, stewards handle that. There is video evidence that basically shows Verstappen. Uh, and the FIA absolute dog fucking this whole thing. But, you know, shouts to Hamilton for his 101st win. Now, when I said save it for sports party, that's because I'm absolutely rocking with fucking Chet. Is this the beanpole who plays for Gonzaga? I don't I don't like how he appropriates cultures that aren't his own, personally. And like just cause his dad's like a world class, like one of the most famous people of all time. I think this is a different Chet. Who are we talking about? Are you talking about Mike Holmgren's son? <laughs> Chet Holmgren, seven foot, maybe seven no. foot one, true freshman out of Minneapolis, St. Paul. I think Minnesota, if, if I got a running Gonzaga, if I got a running start and just form tackled the kid, I think I could split him in half. I think that I've his seen you insurance do it. money would beat you to the punch. Like the dude's absolutely going to be a top two or three pick. He moves like a point guard. You know, he's not Kevin Durant, but he's got that framework and he's got that fluidity. I don't know if his jumpers there. Nobody's jumpers. Kevin Durant level. He's got no swag. He's he, Michael he, Porter Jr. at best. Once he figures out how to how to carry himself with some swag, he'll he'll be a, an absolute force. But yeah, the kid's good. He's good. <laughs> glaring lack of swag. Glaring. Yeah, his his hairstyle is it's tough. I'm, Shouts to him to for knowing that though. He goes for he's like, all right, I'm from Minnesota. I'm going to go to uh, Eastern Washington to hide all of my swaglessness. <laughs> uh, yeah, Gonzaga is going to run the fucking table. Although Duke in Coach K's final year has some fucking dude. Dudes. That freshman for Duke with a very Paolo, cool, very cool name. What's it? I think it's Paolo, and it's like Marchia. I, I, I a sick know. ass name, and he looks yes. he looks in, fucking incredible. Like that, he looks like he's like he's a a fourth year. I mean, he's he's so comfortable on the court. He's got a very smooth jump shot. Can take it to the rack. He's legit. Dare I say this is like the most early season college basketball like uh, we've ever okay obviously we, don't, we haven't been doing this that long but like i feel like that we're all more into it than we ever like there's more players that we know and it's like we're kind of watching just because i mean obviously texas is coming in highly rated um we know gonzaga or gonzaga I would say it's only because we've got we you've kind of got a clear view of who the top draftable players are and they're on teams that are very watchable gonzaga and duke are pretty loaded there are a couple G League players out there, but I'm not going to follow it week by week by week. But you've got names to like track the stuff that we like college football for. You can actually kind of do that with college basketball this year. So, how's Mizzou looking? We're not good. Okay. And uh, lastly, keep uh, your eyes out for two sports vehicles starting this week. One, Hard Knocks in season, following around the always exciting Indianapolis Colts. I really wish they would have pivoted to the Raiders as soon as they saw Gruden's emails. That would have been entertaining, but we get the Colts interested. This, this is my, like, I'm going to give them a chance to rewin my business. Cause I've been out on hard knocks for a few years now. So I'll, I'll try this out. And then you also will get man in the arena. I believe a Bill Simmons thing. I don't know. Yeah, maybe so in deep uh, or in depth. Uh, documentary production series on Tom Brady and his career, multi-part on ESPN. Did he already do one of these on Facebook called Tom versus Time? On what? 
He did like a documentary called Tom versus Time that was like a Facebook exclusive a few years ago. That's why I haven't heard of it. No, me neither. On Meta. It's now only on Meta. Correct. Sorry, I missed that. Uh, Yeah, look, this is probably really, really cool if you're you're a Patriots fan. Honestly, this is not something I'll really go out of my way to watch, but... I don't care about it. No, but it's... It's worthy. I don't know. Depending on I'm how many not parts gonna it watch is. it unless I'm not, it, it, it could be high quality. I am intrigued by midseason hard knocks though. Just to see how much of the storyline changes You're from right. preseason to like, okay. You know, I, they're actually winning and losing as we're watching this, you know. That's so cool. And I wanted to say we needed like a bigger splash, like a team that has like star power. Yeah. We just had the Cowboys. Who's more electric now, than Carson Wentz. Exactly. But here's the this is why it might be really good. The Cowboys just did hard knocks, obviously. And it wasn't a good season. The most memorable thing was a drone shot. Um Trayvon Diggs' son. And son. Aiden Diggs, yeah. Um other than that, that was a dud. So I maybe maybe having a team that doesn't necessarily Drip with the swag is just what it needs. Jonathan Taylor, for sure. Because, I mean, that guy needs to be more of a household name. Absolute monster at running back. And then Darius Leonard would be interesting. You know, I I don't know his personality. So I'll check it out for those reasons. Before we get out of here, um, I'm going to pivot back to Wisconsin football. What's the name of that running back? Oh, Braylon Allen. Braylon Allen. B-R-A-E-L-O-N. Braylon Allen. That's a name um, we'll need to be familiar with, huh? Six foot two, two forty running back. He's had a hundred yards rushing for six or seven straight games, like in the thick of the big tw- Big Ten season. I think put up like one hundred and thirty six when he was a backup against Iowa. Uh, I'm I'm absolutely all in. He wears number zero, and in high school he played like linebacker and safety predominantly. And the dude absolutely wrecks. So all in on Braylon Allen. Okay, and how old is he? Seventeen. About to turn 18, somewhere around then. That's wild. Micah, it's golden as always. We running it back? Yeah. Is there sound effects that go along with this anymore? Uh, we lost it for spooky season, but if you'll give me a minute, I'll give you some, I'll give you some sound effects. Yeah, give ready? me something. Show me something. It's a special Halloween edition of Run It That's Back. Good. Welcome to Run It Back, the segment in which we talk about what we've already talked about. Micah is sautéed AF on that super fantastic. KJ is currently north of the Waco-Dixon line. Dylan says that no one watches the Longhorn Network. It's true. Fake News Brett reports that Chris Del Conte is out as athletic director. <laughs> what a tease. Dave said that Chet's dad is very famous. It's true. And the Tom vs. Time doc is currently available in the metaverse. Also of note... Oh, no. Here we go. I had uh, our friend Curry on uh, Mind of Micah today to talk about the Longhorn. Uh, it, it's a new podcast we're starting called Texas in 20. So you can check that out. Mind of Micah, wherever podcasts are found as well as Micah's read of the week, the newsletter. And I would love to help you. If you're interested in buying a okay. home or refinancing, no free ads, please Micah. go to save with Micah.com. No, Thank you. is that real? That is real. Oh and, my and within God. Five minutes. I will call you save with Micah.com. I would I would be happy to have a free consultation. Thanks, man. I'm sure no listener will abuse the uh, "you'll call them back" thing. Like no one's gonna ever, no one's gonna prank that. It's just gonna be all legitimate inquiries. I can't only. wait. Unbelievable. Well, Micah, Micah, first and foremost, thank you to you for an impromptu visit. It was a real treat having you. Uh, the treat today. was all mine. Thank you, thank you, fellas. Thank you, Micah. KJ, thank you for chiming in via the miracle of video. 
Very cool of you, KJ. I appreciate it. Micah, you may be hearing from me in the very, uh, probably not near future, but you know, we'll see. Well, you know where to find me on social media at Micah Weiner, M-I-C-A-H-W-I-E-N-E-R. What is it? SaveMoneyWithMicah.com? SaveWithMicah.com. You can go That's to MicahWeiner.com, too. Whatever works. URL. Thank you. And right, Dylan, let's get David out of here. Dylan, as always, man, Bye. thank you so much for just all that you do. Just taking it in the shorts. <laughs> I wasn't going to say hey, that. A, 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 a lot of UT fans wanted to show up today. I'm proud of you, Dylan. I don't want my chicks Bye-bye, Micah. Bye-bye.